How's it going, everybody? I'm back. We're back. The program's back. It's the MMA Frequency. We're talking about a pretty bad card. Really nothing remarkable to say about the Myra Bonasilva versus Holly Holm fight night. And then this weekend, we've got Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tybura. Uh, there was actually one fight night last weekend. Not really that interesting either, but super like fought. Super like incredible fight at a one fight night 12. He fought to gear Halilov. Kalilov? My secret Muay Thai sources inform me this guy's legit and not just some random Muay Thai can. And super like was working him. Just put a ruthless beating on this guy. Working the teep, working the leg kick. Blitzing in with huge elbows. Perfect defense. It's a really, really masterful performance. Uh, mixed it up to the body as well. Just just really put a beating on this guy. Cut him up. Had him bleeding all over the place. And the ref actually stopped, stepped in and called the finish on the feet. Because Kalilov broke his posture and essentially just threw his hands up over his face while walking away. Which is one of the telltale signs in striking that a guy has done. If they start reacting like... If they start, if they start essentially going, please don't hit me. Professional fighters don't really act like that unless they've sustained enough accumulated head trauma that they're done. But there were a couple of interesting enough fights on the UFC card. For one, oh man, Nazim Sadikov versus Terence McKinney. Really, really embarrassing performance for Terence McKinney here. Both of his last two fights, really, really embarrassing performance. What the hell was he doing? He looked okay on the feet in the first 80 seconds. He got Setikov to the ground, dominated the position with a body triangle, but seemingly, I guess, spent all of his energy trying to get the finish. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get the choke. And then to open up the second round, he got hit really hard by Setikov. Just looked exhausted on the feet and tried to take him down, got countered, arm-trapped, and choked out. He was honestly even looking cooked at the end of the first round. When Sadikov got up, he took a couple shots and just looked like he was wilting. And yeah, Sadikov did do a really, really bad fence grab. Two really, really bad fence grabs. Keith Peterson was like trying to pull his hand off of the fence as he was countering Terrence McKinney. But I don't know if the fight would have gone any other way. It might have just been a longer beating. He might have gotten mercilessly knocked out. So maybe uh, that fence grab actually saved Terrence McKinney from a... Much worse night at the office. Really, really brutal. I hate to call a guy a one-round fighter. Oh, Jun Young Park versus Albert Duraev. I literally had to just pause the recording to go look up what Jung Young Park's name is. I knew it was a cool nickname. It's the Iron Turtle. That is a great nickname. Go, Iron Turtle. Uh, Park put a beautiful beating on Duraev. Clubbed him, subbed him. Dariah was just too aggressive walking onto constant counters like that. Womp womp. Bad time for you. Uh, Francisco Prado and Amin Azetar. That was one of the fights that I actually talked about on last week's episode. Very, very impressive finish by Prado. Dropped Amin Azetar with a spinning elbow right late in the first. Followed up really well for the finish. Would have been a short list, but he only dropped him with a spinning elbow. Didn't knock him out. It was still a picture perfect. Very well timed. Very powerful elbow. No, nothing else really interesting. Norma Dumont made Chelsea Chandler literally run a 
cross the fence away from her. That was pretty funny. Co-main event, Jack De La Madalena versus Basil Lefez. JDM striking was super sharp. Fabio had a great jab. Uh, Picture-perfect accuracy. Defense really touched up Lefez and absolutely nothing else happened. Nothing else at all happened. Kidding. It was a really rough performance for Jack Della. Fez immediately started the fight, charging on takedowns. Got like, I think he went for like 6 for 10 or something. But JDM's defense made little to no sense to me here. He looked to be completely infatuated, in love with his guillotine counter. Every time Fez went for the takedown, I mean, at least four times that Fez got him down, Madalena went for the guillotine counter and Hafez just stepped right over it. He just walked over the counter and just put him put Jack Della Madalena on his ass. At one point late in the first round, he literally had like had the sprawl. All he had to do was tuck like tuck the guy's head down and step off of him. And he went for the guillotine. He was, he lost critical seconds at the end of the second round doing the same thing. It was even more ridiculous in the second round because he had framed off to the side and, like, tried to, like, pick, like, a Darth grip and then just went for the guillotine and Fez walked right over him again. I was I was baffled watching this one live. But Hafez uh, was, I mean, he was put on an admirable performance at certain points in the second and third round, in the first and second round. He stood on the feet with... Delamontalena struck with him, even as he was getting outstruck, which you needed to you needed to be on your feet at least a little bit. You couldn't just be throwing takedowns willy nilly the whole fight. But at a certain point, the ratio of time he spent on top of Jack to the time he spent getting outstruck by Jack was just no longer in his favor. And all that stuff, I, I was kidding obviously, but all the stuff I said at the beginning of this segment was true. Delamontalena looked. Really, really good on the feet, as he always does. It was a gutsy performance, I guess, by Jack, too. But, like, really falling into the danger was entirely the fault of his tactical errors. That's what put him in danger of losing the decision in the first place. But on the feet, he still looked good. He he outstruck the guy. He looked good. He won the split decision. And... uh, Hopefully his coaches absolutely beat that guillotine counter out of him. Hope they wrap his knuckles with a ruler or something, because it is garbo. And unfortunately, it feels like he is really like just the blueprint is like stamped on him now. So hopefully they don't give him a wrestler in his next out and just completely put the poor kid out to pasture. Because I still think he's got really really fun hands. He, he was landing at, like, double the accuracy rate of Fez at one point in the fight. And we're free. We are free. There will be no more Holly Holm main events for the foreseeable future. We are a free people, ladies and gentlemen. She didn't just retire outright, unfortunately. But Myra Buena Silva did submit Holly Holm. We are a free people. God bless uh, the first round, incredibly boring. Pretty much exactly what you would expect. But at the start of the second round, Holmes threw Myra Bueno Silva up against the fence. And she went down for the single leg. And Silva caught her in a beautiful little like modified standing guillotine. I'm not a jiu-jitsu guy. Somebody called it a ninja choke. It might be a ninja choke. I don't know. I'm just going to call it the standing guillotine. 
caught her in the guillotine and despite Silva locking it in against the cage, Holmes still walked off the cage and then pushed her back onto the cage. So Buena Silva tightened the choke, really sealed it up, and Holly Holm tapped. Buena Silva looked pretty good. She was throwing. She was throwing heat on the feet in the first round, trying to create separation, trying to hurt Holly Holm. But that submission was beautiful, and she, believe it or not, somehow has now tied Ronda Rousey's record at most bantamweight submissions. She got three. Ronda Rousey's got three. Oh, cursed division. I don't really care who they get in there to fight for Meta Nunes' belt, but Myra Buena Silva should be one of the two people fighting for that belt. And speaking of cursed divisions, I forgot to talk about this last week, but Jamal Hill vacated his light heavyweight title last week because he got injured during training which for means that the last defense of that belt was against a middleweight two and a half years ago and we don't have a fight made for you know the vacant belt yet there were rumblings that the Blackovich Pereira fight next weekend could get the belt I would love that because it would be absolutely hysterical to see Alex Pereira maybe be a two-division UFC champ in, like, six fights. But I I don't think it's going to happen. They wouldn't do it, like, this close to the pay-per-view. But a man can dream. A boy can dream. Train wreck division. Light heavyweight, absolute train wreck division. Blagoy Ivanov, I think he also retired because he's old. But he got he's no longer on the UFC roster. So is Robbie Lawler. Peace out to a legend. Not you, Blagoy. Demir Ismagulov also was apparently... I didn't know that he was retiring from mixed martial arts but he said he had one he was like i have one fight left on my contract i'll go out he got a slightly embarrassed by grant dawson and now he's off the roster too so he's supposedly retired for good and some other news new to new to news the ufc 299 the ufc 291 card has been shuffled around due to more ufc shenanigans so Paulo Costa, he definitely never signed, never put pen to paper on this fight against Ikram Alexarov. There is no shot. They were being, like, very shady with it. Like, they would put it up on the graphic but not talk about it. Like, it was a whole weird thing. And we know he probably never put pen to paper on the fight because they scrapped it from the card. And both guys have been rebooked for 294 in October in Abu Dhabi. They put out the whole, like, A-side for that pay-per-view. So it's Charles Oliveira versus Islam 2. That's going to be a really, really interesting fight. I really hope that Charles does not just get wiped out again in that second fight. We'll talk about that more as we get closer to the date, obviously. And then Paulo Costa, really, really interesting fight. He's fighting Hamza Jemayev at middleweight. I don't really know what to make of that one. I think Costa's got good takedown, good-ish takedown defense. I think people are being a little kind of exaggerating on the whole, like, Hamza's got nothing if he gets a takedown stuff. Like, he's a big guy. He can throw hands. I, I think it's going to be a good competitive fight. And then Ikram Alexarov is fighting Nasruddin and Mabov, which much better fight than fighting Paulo Costa for some reason. Better fights for both dudes. Uh, but the real scheduling change that shattered my heart is they haven't made this one official yet they haven't pumped out a graphic for this one yet but 
apparently Drikus Duplessis was nursing an injury going into the Whitaker fight, and Israel Adesanya put out like a minute-long Instagram video talking about it. This is what all the rumors are pointing to. He can't turn it around in time for September in Sydney. And Israel wants to fight. So the main event of UFC 293 is going to be Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. Hooray! Yay! Speaking of a main event that might be as big of a blowout as Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland, Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Taivara. They obviously load these London cards with more Brits than you can shake a stick at, so... I'm going to be concise with this one, too, because it's my podcast, goddammit. Let's talk about Davy Grant versus Daniel Marcos. This fight's going to be really, really fun. Um, Davy Grant is one of our boys here on the MMA Frequency. I'm a fan. Daniel Marcos did look really, really impressive, though, in his first main roster fight. He had good takedown defense, good body work. He chased and pursued with efficiency when he had the uh, other guy hurt. He generally looked like he really had his head screwed on straight, but... Uh, that guy, Simon Oliveira, was just running at Daniel Marcos, really burning himself out, trying to get that guy out of there. Davy Grant will not fight like that. He will pace out his attacks, stay measured, fight for three rounds instead of fighting for one round. I just feel like he's really like put all the pieces together recently. He's a really, really good striker. He's an all-rounder. He's really, really good on the ground, too. Picked up that beautiful uh, triangle win over Asuncao in his last fight. Uh, we don't make predictions on this podcast anymore because somehow every time I make a prediction, the exact opposite of it comes true. But I predict it'll be a fun fight. Another fun fight, Laurent Murphy versus uh, Josh Kulabau. I've been a really big fan of Murphy's recent run, but Kulabau does have very good instincts and very fast hands. He's a really good striker. I think Laurent Murphy's a better kicker and is a better all-around striker. He mixes up his attacks to the head, body, and legs more than Kulabau does. is not like a total head hunter, but that's where the majority of his output heads towards. And Murphy hasn't really struggled in many of his last fights, except for the grappling with Gabriel Santos in his last fight. But Kulabau doesn't really venture into those areas unless, you know, somebody's already on the ground, somebody's gotten knocked down or something. He did get a beautiful rear naked choke after knocking a kid down in his last fight, but... This one's going to be really, really interesting. I'd say Murphy will probably edge one out, but I wouldn't be surprised if either of these guys got a flash knockout or something like that. Or it's just going to be, you know, a really, really exciting scrap between both guys. Paul Craig versus Andre Muniz. This is going to be a really, really fun one. It's a middleweight. Paul Craig is awesome. I'm tired of pretending that he's not awesome, except for his recent run, but we're just going to hand wave that away. He did have that really, really terrible out against Vulcan and Westermere. He did get clattered by disciplined Johnny Walker. But hey, maybe a little bit of weight bullying is exactly what a guy like Paul Craig needs. And somebody who's more heavily on the grappling side like Andre Muniz is essentially the UFC setting up Craig to have a perfect fight to ease into middleweight. I think it'll be really, really interesting. And Muniz is no scrub. like He's no soft out. So... These two guys are going to go at it really, really hard. We'll see how big Craig looks in the cage. 
it might just be a case where like he really outmuscles this guy if it goes to the ground. But I don't know. Craig's really, really, really interesting. We'll see how he performs. Okay, I'm back. I had to blow my nose. I could just feel that I was a little stuffy on the mic earlier. Uh, the third highest build fight. Another really, really fun British prospect, actually. Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely. He's been 2-0 since making the climb to 145. And he's looked really excellent in both fights. He's got really, really good eyes on the striking. And he's not afraid to take the fight to the mat either. He's not afraid to wrestle. Andre Philly is kind of a journeyman at featherweight, but losing great fighters and beating good ones is never really a bad thing. I don't really have a lot to say about the fight. Nathaniel Wood looked good. He got a bunch of good trips against Charles Jordan in his last fight. Uh, I hope both guys have a good time. I hope they have fun out there. Speaking of a fight that will not be interesting, co-main event, Molly McCann versus Sum Lass. Whoever this chick is that Molly McCann is fighting, Jul- Julija Stoliarenko literally lost to everybody's favorite track runner, Chelsea Chandler. She is, oh my goodness, one in four in her five-fight UFC career. So I'm glad that the UFC has kind of gone back to plan B after that absolute shit-kicking that Molly McCann received from Aaron Blanchfield. She's, her and Patty Pimblett, ugh, God bless Patty Pimblett, have been hiding out at Dave Portnoy's house ever since. And now that UFC has gone back to plan B, they've gotten some random chick for Molly McCann to hopefully beat up. She will probably get a cool knockout. She will run around the ring and go, Patty, Patty, mate. And everybody will laugh and clap. And they'll cash those DraftKings tickets. Everyone, don't you love doing sports gambling for this company that doesn't pay their fighters a living wage? Yippee! And the A-side to this whole card, Tom Aspinall versus Martian Tybora, is either going to go really predictably or really, really sad. Tybura's strengths kind of mostly relies on being able to outlast heavyweights who are shittier at fighting than he is, whereas Tom Aspinall is actually a legitimate prospect. He's got great wrestling, great striking, works behind a really good jab, and all of it's backed up by honest god heavyweight power. So there's not really much to say about this one. Either Tom Aspinall systematically breaks down Tybura and dog walks him for all of England, or he has some kind of horrific gas tank failure. Okay, we should put a pin in that one because I, Tom Aspinall has, like, I think never been to a second round of his UFC career or something crazy like that. Okay, he's been to a second round once against Andre Arlovsky, but he's never gone to the decision. He's straight finishes in all of his UFC fights, including his knee exploding against Curtis Blades. So maybe he does have terrible cardio and we just have never heard about it. I wouldn't be so sure about that. But it's possible that Tybura outlasts him over five rounds. That would be a nightmare. I I would hate it, but it's possible. Hey, or he just blows the knee out again. It's, kind of like, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You don't know. But I think I do know. I, Aspinall will probably do really, really good in this fight. They pretty clearly set Aspinall up with like a welcome-back fight with a guy like Tybura, 
they're setting him up for future success at the top of the division. They want this guy to be a player in the mix. And I kind of want him to be a player in the mix too. But, I mean, that's about it for this card. There's nothing else going on. I don't think there's any PFL, any Bellator, any one. So, a couple of midday fights in England. A couple of bad fights from last weekend. And I think my job here is done. My name is Joe. This has been another episode of the MMA Frequency, believe it or not. And... I gotta say, bye bye.